Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. The 2012 PIAAC study showed that 52% of adults in the United States and 49% of the adults in Canada continue to possess literary skills too low to be considered fully competent for most jobs in our modern economy. Those are alarming numbers to me. I, you know, but after doing a lot of numbers, a number of interviews over the years regarding education, literacy, um, it's not that surprising to me. There's something going on in how to teach kids how to read, how to study, um, how to make decisions. So we're very excited to have Toronto-based educator Ruth Rumack join us on the show today. She is the founder of Ruth Rumack's Learning Space. Uh, She's joining us on Big Blend Radio to talk about her Alpha Mania Adventures. It's a children's book series that works with a program that she's developed. Uh, And it's really about, it's a teaching tool for the classroom, but also for parents to sit down with their kids and spend time with their kids, but also learn. And uh, it's a great tool. So encourage you to go to alpha-mania.com. You can also get the books on Amazon as well. Ruth, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Really glad to have you on here. You know, that's what I was saying, those those numbers. Um, I didn't realize it was that low, the numbers. And um, But it, like I said, it just doesn't surprise me because I just see, you know, even a lot of traveling that Nancy and I do across the country and it seems that we have a, a literacy pro, a problem. People can't speak and they can't read as well as you would think. And I think that's um, it's going to put our, our continent back a little bit. And it doesn't help in the workplace. It doesn't help people for, you know, just self-confidence uh, and all of those things. So what is going on that the numbers are so low in regards to being able to read? It's quite staggering. I think that when you look at that number, it's a shocking number. You have to look at the details of those studies, which talk about low literacy. So it's not as though Mm -hmm. people can't pick something up and read a few words or read enough to get by, reading simple instructions or, you know, following simple directions. But it's the higher order thinking and the deeper connection with literature and understanding that is really at risk here. So we have a lot of people, you know, that, that number of 52% is, is incredible for the number of people that can go out into the world and have low-level jobs uh, but don't have enough reading skill to be able to get to the next level. I remember, you know, after a previous interview I did, I got an email from someone who um, was a young professional who was, had always experienced reading challenges and was calling me because he was hoping that he could come and learn to read more effectively and more efficiently because he was um, on the job, uh, mm-hmm. he was getting a promotion. He was being offered a promotion, but he couldn't take the promotion because nobody at work knew that his reading skills were so low. So That's it, really sad. it affects everybody. 
It, it is. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. And I think when you have a parent who has low self-esteem in the reading department, um, they're not going to be picking up the books to read with their kids. And that's the best way to really um, foster a love for reading with your own children is to sit down and read with them. And if you don't feel comfortable sitting down and reading with your children, they're going to model the same behavior. Oh, wow. And and this is the thing, too, what I love about the Alpha Mania Adventure Series. Number one, it's fun, okay? And I think that's crucial for any kind of education you know and I think you know when, when you look at parents are going oh no it's time for the kids are learning algebra I'm running from the house you know which actually is it's it I can understand I would do the same thing but um <laughs> but but reading is something that's one of our basic skills and one of the most important skills we can learn for any human being on earth and um you know when you when you think about the fun factor you know just even in what we do in publishing and and um you know putting content out there in the world we've learned if you're going to talk about history you better have pirates like you have in Alpha Media Adventures. You better have <laughs> something fun and exciting because if you're learning a bunch of numbers, who cares? There, there's going to be a small percentage of people who are into that, but you've got to have something that keeps you stimulated, and a bunch of numbers a lot of times for a lot of people don't do that. you know. And so I think when it comes to even learning about reading, it's, it, you've got it where um, going through these books – they're they're learning, they're searching for things throughout the book, they're, and they're doing it in a phonetic way. So if you can explain that part and then also talk about the fun factor and the importance of it. Absolutely. Well, fun factor is really what Ruth Remax Learning Space is all about. And I have, you know, we're celebrating 20 years coming up as well. So congratulations wow. to you and us as well. Um, but 20 years ago, I started a private practice of working one-on-one with students. And what I was seeing was that, you know, as an educator and, and having my education background, I was seeing a lot of students in grade three and grade four who were really struggling with reading. And as a young teacher, I was, you know, doing more research and trying to figure out, well, what is going on here? Why are so many students coming to me with these low, low abilities in reading? And through my research, I discovered that two things were really important. Phonological awareness, which is the ability to recognize and manipulate sounds within spoken word. It's a pre-reading skill um, that having strong phonological awareness and phonics skills is the Mm -hmm. best predictor for later reading and spelling success and later meaning, you know, um, post grade one, grade two, and even into adulthood. So it sort of dawned on me that, oh my goodness, well, here's a skill that we need to teach young children. If I could have been, um, you know, a fly on the wall or even had influence on these grade two or three students when they were age three or four or five, would they be in the same position that they are now? And what I discovered was that the more exposure to the phonological awareness skills, and I'll explain what those are in a moment, the, mm-hmm. the better predictor you have of being a strong reader. So from that research and from that need, um, I started looking more into phonological awareness. And that was really, those are the pre-reading skills of rhyming, being able to identify that two words have the same ending, the same vowel sound and the same ending, and being able to play with it. So recognizing that cat and bat and hat rhyme. Hmm. Another pre-reading skill that's really important is um, blending. 
being able to recognize when you take separate sounds and you squeeze them together, they make a word. So if I said to a child, what happens, we play a game called fast and slow. What happens if I say it really slowly? I say the word map. What can you do to make it fast? So squeeze those sounds together and they squeeze it together and get the word map. So those skills, rhyming, blending, recognizing alliteration, that words start with the same sound, like the Marvelous Monkeys, mm-hmm. um, Mischievous Mac, who's in our Alpha Mania Adventure series, um, those skills, along with being able to take a word and segment it, break it up into its parts, and then manipulating sounds within words. So having fun with it, uh, such as, let's say, take the word lock, take away the mm-hmm. ooh, and replace it with a rrr you get the word rock. So all mm. of those skills together are what make, um, make for good foundation, a foundation of strong reading skills later on. And don't forget about the letter lagoon inside the book, the Alpha Mania Adventures. They're, they're in, the, <laughs> in the letter lagoon. It's cool. It's a magical place. But you know what I love about That's what you're right. talking That's about right. is, you know, I'm a songwriter and, you know, a writer too, but um, I've, I think songwriting taught me a lot about, you know, reading and putting that phonetics into it. And, you know, when you, you look at kids going and getting all these programs in schools that are slowly going away, depending on where you live, you know, taking away theater and music and arts, I think that has been part of the problem as well uh, for kids to understand alliteration and things like that, because that is all basis of learning timing. And, you know, what, and you said blending, which we love over here, by the way, since we're big blend. Yeah, but it, I think, I think is that part of this problem is, is the fact that, you know, some of these programs have been taken away. And, and because I think that helps kids learn is, is the music part. I'm sure, I'm sure it has quite a big deal. You know, I actually have a strong arts background myself. And mm. the ability to express yourself artistically was something that really carried me forward in my youth and into young adulthood and still stays with me today. Um, the idea of playing with language and having fun with it, I think, is the most important thing that we can give our children. And it's not always happening in the classrooms. It's not being taught explicitly. That's part of the reason why I developed the Alpha Mania program in the first place, which is a classroom program um, that deals specifically with these phonological awareness and phonic skills in a fun and exciting way. We do activities and we do songs and we do some role play and we play with language and we make up silly rhymes and we make up silly sentences that have alliteration and there's an excitement about language. It was interesting, you know, I was uh, at a coffee shop grabbing my morning Mm. tea and I, I came across a parent of two children that were in our Alpha Mania program way back at the beginning, probably about 15 years ago. And she said to me, she was with a friend, she pointed at me and she said, this woman, this is the woman, this is the reason why my two boys who are in university and ending the end of high school are big readers and love to read. It's because of Alpha Mania that they had that lovely experience with language that encouraged them to take it on and, and play with it and have fun. I love that. I love 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. 
right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. That's going to be, you know, a highlight for you as an educator to see what you've taught go from a young age all the way through. I am very fortunate. I've worked with some incredible families over the last 20 years and become very, you know, close with with the progress of their students, especially since at Ruth Max Learning Space, we work with a lot of students who have particular learning needs. So they may be Mm. diagnosed with a learning challenge or a learning difference. We work with students with ADHD and Asperger's. um, And and our one-to-one work at Ruth Remarks Learning Space, that really is individualized attention, personalized education that is created specifically for that child. On the other side, we have our group programs where we get to, you know, um, work with a a larger number of students at one time. Uh, But that personal satisfaction of seeing a child go from, sometimes zero, you know, no, no, mm-hmm. um, no reading skills to being proficient and being a, considering themselves a reader. That's my biggest joy is when, mm-hmm. you know, we hear reports of a, a parent saying, I have to tell you, my child is in grade six. They've never picked up a book on their own before. And suddenly they have just read their first novel. Like that gives me goosebumps. I love it. You know, and I want to go to when you you know talk about kids learning reading a novel. And I, I was like a big reader as a kid, and you know, and then I had to go back and reread all these books that I probably shouldn't have been reading at the age I was doing. But you know, just because they were they were like you know gone with the wind when you're you know eight years old. Good luck on understanding everything yeah. you're reading. But I was into it, and you know, then you know every time I reread it, you know, then and I did War and Peace when that was like eleven or I don't know what I was, but it was like what you know. I was really into all these places. And, well, it's how I actually learned history a little bit. You know, you had to pick the right books, and my mom was good about that, you know. But, um, you know, when you go back to it and reading and then being what you read in a book, and and I would find myself, as I got older, would you better go look up this word. You tend to, as a reader on your own, when you get into novels, and I think even at a young age, you'll see a word, and you need something that makes you go and look up the word and even know how to pronounce it. And and if you're not reading out loud in some way, um, I think that we'll internalize everything but not really understand what we're reading and um, not know how to say it. So when you get into even conversations with someone, like maybe you're, you're an avid reader, but you can't really talk to a friend about what you're reading because you really didn't know how to, you don't know how to say it. So what can, you know, parents do and educators and kids and anybody in this circumstance, because I think when it comes to literacy, it's all ages. Um, What can they do to start, you know, pulling out of that? Should they sit at home with a novel and start reading out loud? I think that reading out loud is is a skill in and of itself. And there are a lot of students who are very good readers um, silently, but their oral reading skills are not as strong. And fluency is not just about, um, it's two things. It's accuracy of what you're reading, so pronouncing the words correctly. The only way we know that a child is pronouncing something correctly is if they say it out loud. That is true. It's also speed. And the more you read, the, the deeper the groove in the brain gets. Um, that activates those, you know, that neural pathway to help get the information out faster. 
So mm-hmm. definitely reading out loud is important. I think reading with your kids is probably one of the, the yummiest things that you can do. You know, sitting down, curling up with a good book is fabulous. We work with a lot of students, as I said, who have um, ADHD or attention hyperactivity disorder or, any, or, or different types of focus issues. And sometimes reading isn't the sitting down and curling up with a good book. It's bouncing on a big bouncy ball or fidgeting with a fidget toy while you're mm-hmm. reading or somebody is reading to you. But you're still sharing that moment. Um, we also know that the best way to increase vocabulary, spoken vocabulary and understanding vocabulary is through reading, as well as increasing your spelling skills. So the more you read, the more you hmm. see, the more you hear it, the more you see it in context, the more important it is um, and the more learning takes place. I know, you know, part of um, your high school programs in the States are all about taking the SATs or the ACTs. And we also take the same tests here in Canada, um, and part of Ruth for Max Learning Space is, is test preparation, um, and one of the top things that we say to families who are preparing for these tests, or even the SSAT for younger students, is read. You know, before you get to learning the content, you've got to be a strong and an avid reader, because the more you read, the more you see it, the more you'll recognize it when you see it on the, on the mm-hmm. standardized test. You know, and it, yeah, and the test, because you could be sitting there trying to figure out what they're saying and, and get stumped at that point, even, you know, in school in general. I never had to do any of those ones because I was in South Africa during that time frame. We didn't do that. Oh, lucky. Tests. Lucky you. Yes. Yeah, but I had to do tests in, well, in Afrikaans and Dutch, which was not the easiest thing to do. So it was a whole other ball game. But, you know, and, and I wonder now, um, with with the advent of um, all these gadgets we have, you know, cell phones and tablets and everything, um, and texting, how is that um, helping or maybe not helping in regards to reading and keeping fluent? That's a really good question. I think that there are some definite advantages to the technology that we have out there. You know, we work with a lot of students who have reading challenges, and they will learn to read, but it's going to take a lot longer, and it takes an explicit program mm-hmm. and, a, and, you know, a research-based program, which is what we provide. But in, that, in the meantime, while they are learning the skills from the ground up, they still need to be exposed to good literature that is at their age-appropriate level, but perhaps not at their reading level. And so there are many wonderful programs, you know, we call them text-to-speech programs where the computer will read to you, or just downloading an audio book and following along in your paper book as the Um, computer is reading to you or the voice is reading to you, you actually are still activating parts of the brain that are helping to stimulate reading skills. So if you're following along and you see the words but somebody else is saying the words, your brain is still capitalizing on that motion and on that whole process. So in some cases, technology has been phenomenal and has allowed students. Here's another example. You know, we had a little girl who was in grade five who had never read a book on her own because her reading challenges had, were so severe. And we were working with mm-hmm. her to teach her how to read from the ground up. Uh, but in the meantime, she was really missing out on the social aspect of um, being able to talk about the novels that the other kids were reading and, and being able to be mm-hmm. part of that conversation. So we hooked her up with, uh, you know, a computer program. We call it assistive technology program. And she just went over the moon. She was so excited to be able to read 
at the same pace and keep up with what was going on in her classroom and her social circle. That the first day that she came back, she had stayed up, you know, an extra two hours to listen to this whole story and was able then to go into class and share her excitement and share her, um, her insights into what she had read with the rest of the class. And I mean, it brought tears to our eyes, but just to see her enthusiasm and her buy-in and that was, she's now a reader for life, you know, and even as That's she was funny. learning how to read, she was able to participate in a way that she would not have been able to do previously without technology. You know, I think you it's know, so exciting when kids start to, when they own something, when they really have accomplished something, and they're in a really uh, supportive atmosphere like that. It's such an exciting thing that, you know, with that aha moment, and look, I did this, I, I overcame something, especially when, um, you know, reading affects your self-conscious, uh, your confidence, it really does. So when there's that kind of achievement and in a supportive atmosphere, I think that is something you just can't, you know, underrate at all it's a great feeling for everybody uh, you're you're so right and you know that is really where the alchemania adventures came from because we had mm. i had created this entire lesson plan we were teaching it to small groups of kids um you know through our toronto office um we were t- taking it out to community centers in the neighborhood and then we were able to license it to um for use to daycares across canada and and in, into the states as well So at this point, you know, there are over 80 daycare centers that use the program that are creating fun, multi-sensory, kinesthetic activities based on phonological awareness and using the Alphamania program. Um, But it still Mm. wasn't enough for me because it's really, for me, about spreading the word, about getting these skills to the kids early and having fun with them and, and letting the kids really, as you say, take ownership of the fun that they're having and the skills they're developing. So the next step for us was really to create this five-book series um, where each book focuses on a different phonological awareness skill. And as you say, the kids, there are five kids, Alex, Eddie, Izzy, Ollie, and Umber. They're, you know, as if you didn't notice, they're named after the short vowel sounds. Mm-hmm. And they live A-E-I-O-U. in Letter Lagoon. <laughs> That's it, And we used to say, and a Y, but you didn't give us a Y. No, we'll have to... You know what, we'll have to add that to the next series that comes out. But the first series is, it's all about pirates and the, uh, you know, kids love pirates. In our Alpha Mania program, every week is a exactly different theme. And so we've taken the idea of the theme and we've transferred it to the, to the five book series. And these lovely kids, they're a great group of friends. They live in Letter Lagoon. They have all sorts of adventures. And each book, they meet a different character or creature mm. that adds a magical element um, and helps them to to practice um, phonological skills throughout the books. So the first book is Captain Ray and the Rhyming Pirates, and the Alpha Maniacs meet these bumbling rhyming pirates, and they have to figure out what they're actually saying. So they, they, not only do the characters in the book work through phonological awareness, but it involves this interactive with the readers as well. And so the, the kids who are reading the books or having the books read to them get to... 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. 
right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Participate and practice those phonological awareness skills, too. I like it because it's teaching them communication skills, you know, for them to hang out with the pirates and the Captain Ray, you know, um, and, and all the different characters in, in the five book series, you know, they, it's teaching them communication. And, you know, and I think that's something, in, a big life lesson, because you'll meet different people from different places in the world and different paths of life. And it teaches you how to communicate with them. And that's what I love about the themes is, oh, okay, you've got slow-mo, and slow-mo is into blending, and he, you know, he talks a little slower. <laughs> so, you know, it yes. teaches, you know, different paths of life as well. So um, I love that they, they meet all these different characters as they go. But the, I think also... You know, you were talking about, you know, individualizing, you know, when, when you're working with students and understanding, okay, if a child has ADHD, it's going to be, you know, he, he or she may be, you know, sitting on a yoga ball or, you know, moving around while you're doing something, but understanding that every child is different. So when you have a parent uh, sitting down with their children and going through these books, it's going to teach them what their, parent, their children are doing, their um, ways of studying. And maybe that will also mm -hmm. create a better communication between the parent and the child through this. Well, often we look at a child's learning style, and we try and help that parent understand what their child's learning style is. And it's really important because often a child will not have the same learning style as a parent. Um, and in fact, it can set up hmm. both advantages and disadvantages when you have the same learning style as your child or not. You know, if you, if you recognize that your child learns a certain way and it was potentially the way that you learned, you may be able to give them uh, a whole bunch of, you know, tips and tricks. But what if you didn't have a great learning experience yourself or you didn't figure out those things for yourself mm -hmm. and you're not able to pass those on? It can be a very frustrating situation to be working with your child or seeing them have struggles in the same way that you did. It can be quite painful. On the other side, when you have a child who has a different learning style than yourself, um, it can also be frustrating because you just don't get it. You don't understand why they don't understand it the same way that you do. And so, you know, our, all of our teachers at Ruth Max Learning Space are very well-versed in individual learning styles. We work with kids who are visual learners, who really need to see things, who are auditory learners. They need to talk about it. They're very verbal. Or they are kinesthetic learners. They need to, to move and do it in their body. Or they need to see it in front of them in order to really understand. And that's part of our, 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 our mission also is to teach parents how to work with their children in the best way possible so that it's a positive learning experience, not, um, you know, not a frustrating one. 
Mm. And do you think also with the you know the different styles of learning in the books there you know they've got different activities and they've got activities to do you know after the book too um, and other resources yes. and and things to you know build upon those different games they can play and and crafts they can do but in the book you've got different exercises so I think you know for you know, there's you know to, for some kids to sit and listen, it's very difficult. Um, like you were saying, everybody has a different style. Uh, some want to be active in it. They want to be part of that process. So I think that's one of the really great things about the book is it keeps you, you not just it's the fun part, but um, you're part of it. So you're not just sitting and listening because I think a lot of kids just switch off of that sometimes depending on their learning style. That's very true. I mean, our, our intention with creating the books the way that we did, we wanted at the base of it to have a fabulous story and a fabulous adventure that kids could really get into and that characters that they could um, find something to relate to or, or, you know, use their imagination, dive into that world mm-hmm. of Letter Lagoon. On the other side, we really wanted to provide um, something for parents, especially, you know, parents who want to be able to give their kids these skills but don't know where to begin Um, A lot of parents think teaching their kids to read is all about learning your ABCs, and once you've learned Mm. your letters, then you're good to go. Um, But in fact, we know that there's so much more behind it. So we wanted to create not just a fabulous storybook, but a resource for parents. And then at the, you know, we have a whole introduction about that particular phonological awareness skill, why it's important, why it's important to to practice it, and what it will do for a child later on. Uh, At the end of the book, as you said, we've got some really fun activities. They're interactive. Uh, There are things that you can do at home. You don't need to go out and buy extra stuff. It's all involved in the book, things that you've got in your kitchen or in your toy room. Um, And it's really to take the idea that learning should be fun and language should be played with, and you can play with it any place, any time, and it only takes a few extra minutes. The other thing that I love about the book is that we've added a, a treasure hunt in at the bottom of each page. And mm-hmm. so that's the font that's part fun. where you might, um, it tells you to search for either a particular letter. So you might have to look for um, a, something that begins with a particular sound in the illustrations. They're hidden. They're, they're, they're fun and a good challenge for some, for most of the kids. And then we've got the aspect, which is the opposite, which is you would see a picture and you'd have to find the actual letter that it starts with in the picture. So they're hidden as well. And I know I've got a seven-year-old at home and um, she has been quite instrumental as we were illustrating the books in making sure that she could find the pictures uh, and, and helping me to figure out, well, is it too hard or is it not hard enough? So we, we struck a good balance there. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to your illustrator, Halisa Henry, and then the books were written by Jennifer McQuana. Um, just, I mean, they're, they're super fun and, and I think engaging, you know, so I think they both did an amazing job with this and, and taking your program, Alpha Mania Adventures, and, and just creating this. very And it's it's amazing to do an interactive book <clears throat> that is not internet-based, you know what I mean? I know that they have other resources <laughs> they can go to, but, um, you know, we're in the interactive digital publishing world where you get to watch things and listen, but um, this is really a talent to have this where you can create something, you know, that's interactive for families and for kids and, and also for adults. I think this is something for adults. Um, if if they're having a reading problem, this can help at that at that age too because what what age would you start this at? What age group? I would say, you know, 
you should be reading to your infants. I, I would really um, recommend reading to children as, as soon as they're born. Um, but I would say mm-hmm. that this is targeted really to age three and up, three to eight. Three to five is that sweet spot where you are really acquiring these skills and you're, getting, you're, you're gaining the skills enough to be able to practice them and to play with them. Um, and they are good skills to have really up until, because they're pre-reading skills, up until you are ready to go with your reading. So, you know, age five, six, seven, even up to age eight, I think they're appropriate. And we have older kids that like them just because the story is fun. Um, mm-hmm. But for the adults, I would say, you know, it's something that you, even as an 80-year-old individual, and you can still learn how to read if you want to. It's really something that our minds, our, our brains are able to do at any age, um, given the right circumstance and, and the right teacher. You know, it's it's interesting when you talk about not just learning the typical ABCs, because the ABCs, yeah, you learn the letters, but there's no connectivity between them other than they go in one big long line, you know. And I remember, like, even as a, as a kid learning, you know, my multiplication table, uh, your times table, and learning this, and there were different tricks and tools, and I had to actually, well, I went to a lot of different schools because we traveled to different countries, and and the way I was taught, I was taught by um, East Indians in um, Kenya, and I mean, I was really, really young when I learned my math, and I knew what I was talking about by the time, and you know, just with a few months with them, because they gave me these, you know, um, I, you know, it's, it's kind of where you can, it's like learning alliteration and in, in math, and they gave me tips and trips, like just really cool tips on how to do things, but it wasn't about learning the typical way that it seems to be just keeps going over and over. It doesn't seem to be like the education system as a whole, and I mean around the world. I don't think that they're moving forward as much as they possibly should and adopt these different styles of teaching and kind of, you know, I feel, almost feel like it's in a rut. And, and I'm generalizing, but and I know there's a lot of great projects like what you're doing and programs, but I just feel on the general public school level that there's almost a rut of this is how it's always been done you know don't <laughs> don't remake the wheel where there are better ways to teach and and for kids to be able to problem solve you know it's really interesting that you say that because our school system generally you know throughout North America and for most of the world is still operating on a 19th century um, operation or process. You know, it's sort of teacher mm-hmm. up at the front, and here's the lecture, here's all the stuff that you need to know at this age, and go. Um, whereas there's so much research that's being done, especially brain research. I'm so obsessed with brain research and, mm-hmm. you know, the latest, um, the different things that we now know about how the brain works. And, you know, just, just a quick one, actually, there's a really good study that was done in 2015 where we have MRI images of preschoolers who are three to five. And these preschoolers, when they are being read to, so that was part of the study, they were being read to while they were having an MRI it showed increased brain activity in the areas of mental imagery, understanding narrative. Um, and what we found was that there were the students or the children that came from more stimulating homes, meaning homes that where they were read to on a regular basis, they had greater brain activity. So we know a whole lot hmm. more about the brain now and how it works. There are so many studies linking um, body movement and 
kinesthetic learning to memory and how handwriting and memory work together, just tons of studies. However, the best practices aren't really getting into the school system as a whole. That's partly where, you know, where we come come from mm-hmm. and what we want to, to do more of, which is in our private practice and at Ruth Max Learning Space, that's what we work on. We work with best practices. Um, we are not a, a day school. However, mm-hmm. what we do is really tailor make what that child needs to, um, to the curriculum that we provide for them. But is it transferring into most classrooms? Not really. There are some fabulous educators out there, and I really, you know, my hat Mm-hmm. Go to them. My hats are off for them. Um, but on the whole, we're still following that 19th century model, which is teacher up at the front, and this is what you have to learn. Yeah, I just feel like it's, and I know there's a, there's, you know, um, I know they've changed the, the program out, out here in this country, and and every, you know, all hell broke loose, quite frankly, for lack of a better term on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, oh, we can't, ha-, you know, in the dealing of change. Oh my gosh, you know. And and what I find is. You know, just through all the interviews we've done over the years and, and you know, things we've learned, too, even through the Eight Keys of Excellence program and how to, you know, get that out and connect with people is I just feel like there's no connectivity in things on how things are taught. So, um, like you were talking about alliteration and how, you know, when they're reading, uh, there's a game to play, but there's a connectivity. Go look for the why. And there's, you know, the little yogurt cup. Oh, that's yogurt. Oh, why and why, you know. So, that's what I think is is a little different. And when you're talking about the 19th century, yeah, here they stand, the teacher's standing up there again. If the teacher's always at the class, at the beginning, front of the classroom, and not interacting, there's again a lack of connectivity. So that's kind of where I I see it. Um, I don't know what that all means, but that's just kind of what I've picked up and just going from different types of schools throughout my life. Um, there's just I don't. There just should be some different ways to teach connectivity, and and I don't care if it's math, if it's history, and that's what storytelling does. Like for history, you know, like learning about pirates and and making that connection between the the story of the pirate and how it affects that person who's learning the story of the pirate, how it can affect their lives, you know. So that's where I think we've lost touch a little bit is the lack of connectivity. There are some great techniques out there, you know, and there are definitely the pendulum keeps swinging. So you'll go to one side, you know, we talk a lot about mm-hmm. phonological awareness and phonics on one side, and then the pendulum swinging okay. to the whole language idea on the other side. That's a huge debate that's been going on for decades now. You know, what's better to teach reading? And my philosophy is, well, why don't we do a little bit of both? We, we need the mm-hmm. phonics. We need the phonological awareness because we need to teach kids how to break sounds down, how to break a word down into its parts. And if you don't know how to break a word down into its parts, no matter how many words you've memorized or you can see by sight and read mm-hmm. by sight, when you get to grade four, grade five, or grade six, or grade 12, or university, and you come across a text that you've never seen before or a scientific term you've never seen before, if you have no skills to break that word down, you will not be able to decode it and then, therefore, mm. you will not be able to read it. And that's where these phonological awareness skills are really important uh, because we see so many, you know, I've talked to so many adults, parents of children who have reading challenges who say, well, when I learned to read, I just learned, you know, by the whole world, word, and I don't know how, how I actually 
break things down. I just know I've memorized a bunch of words. But I was talking to one parent who's in the medical field. She says, if I haven't seen something before, I start to have a bit of a panic attack if I have to say it out loud because I don't know how to break the word into its smaller parts and then squeeze it back together. Wow. You know, but that's really interesting you bring up the medical field because I was going to say, you know, it's almost like um, – when you think about, you know, education and, and that chronological part that you're talking about, if if there's no true understanding, and it's just like if you learn the ABCs, when you just think about the ABCs, and it's the first time you've learned it, it actually so there's letters. It, there's no there's none mm-hmm. of that under, true understanding, and I think that's what I'm trying to say. And you've just you've, you've given me the right word here. It's about understanding the true thing. It's the same thing as going and treating a headache that you have every single day by taking another aspirin instead of finding out why you have a headache and getting the true understanding, and then maybe knowing, oh, I'm allergic to coffee or something, whatever it is. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, when I think about the education system now, and um, there are great educators, so please, everyone, I'm not bashing anything or anyone. I'm just saying things need to shift up a little bit. Um, I think that, and I think it's difficult to change a whole education system. It's going to take, you know, the, the private organizations like yours to do it so that parents start saying, how come they're doing it over here and the school system is not doing it? I mean, it's, and it really, I think it comes to, you know, as a parent, you've got to stand up and go, why aren't my, te- my kids being taught in this way and being more part of that system? I'm not saying all parents don't I either. Agree. I've got to watch out these generalizations, but it is the same thing as the medical field. The medical field is constantly changing, and, um, you know, they find new discoveries all the time, like you are talking about brain. You know, the brain is so amazing. I mean, we now know multitasking is not it. We may think it is, but it's not, <laughs> you know. So we've learned all yeah. these things, but I think that's the same thing as education, is um, getting that basic understanding so, you know, children can make a true decision on anything and understand, oh, this word, I can do this, and this word is connected to that one, so that there's a true understanding. If you don't understand the word that you're reading, you're never going to really remember the word. You'll just, you'll have that basic remembering, but you'll never be able to utilize it properly. That's a good point. You know, you mentioned also the the alphabet, teaching kids the alphabet and parents thinking, okay, well, they know their alphabet, so they're going to be a good reader. It's really interesting, this the dis, dis, um, I'd say disattachment to what the sounds of the alphabet letters make and the names of those letters. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when we see students, you know, and they're three and they're four and they tell us the alphabet song, um, they will often run together L-M-N-O-P, is one letter. It's just it's one mm. big lump of something. So when we do an assessment with a student who is, you know, coming for for either early reading or reading skills, the first thing we do is give them a bunch of foam letters and say, "Oh, you 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 know, do you know the alphabet song? Yep, they know the alphabet song. Okay, great. So why don't we take that alphabet song and we're going to, you know, find the letters that go with that song. And they can get to a certain point, but as soon as they get to that L M N O P, they don't know which letters and symbols go with which sounds or which name because it's just they're just hearing it as one big mm. clump. And so that's part of that uh, being able to recognize the phonics of it, which is A says ah like an apple, B says b like in bottle. So you have to take that long string of letters, pulling it apart and talking about each one individually in order for the child to really make an association with what it means and what it sounds like and how to use it. 
Mm. It's true. It's really true. It's that connectivity and understanding part. I love it. I love it. Great project. I mean, not just a project. I mean, this is a huge program that you've got. And congratulations on 20 years for you, too, with Ruth Rumex Learning Spaces up in Toronto. And um, do you ever think you're going to come across the border or go beyond Toronto with your school? Absolutely. You know, I, I think the Alpha Mania Adventures is an international um, product. It can go anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Even to English language learners, it would be really beneficial to be practicing those auditory skills and the phonological awareness skills. Um, so, yes, you know what? There's no limit. We're global. We're everywhere. Right on. Okay, so now Toronto, I've got to ask you, you know, we keep hearing that this is like one of the most amazing cities to go to, very diverse, and I really, my eyes open when I watched an Anthony Bourdain episode years ago on this, I don't like, you've got all <laughs> kinds of food and all kinds of cultures, what's it like, or do you have snow outside, what's it like living and, and working there? Well, it's cold. Well, today it's not so bad. It's, we're in Celsius, so it's about zero degrees today. Um, earlier this week, it was about minus eight or minus 10, and we had a good foot of snow. I'm, I'm looking out the, the back window here, and I see about a foot and a half of snow on our picnic table at the back. Um, it's cold, but it's sunny today. Toronto is a beautiful place. I would recommend highly that you come in the summer <laughs> because you can take <laughs> advantage of all that, that it has to offer. But we have a really vibrant downtown where people not only um, work and play but live. So it's, it's a living and breathing town and city. Uh, our, our transit system is good. We're a safe community. Um, you yeah, know, come on down. Toronto's great. I've lived here all my life, and, um, you know, this is, this is where I call home, and I love it. Right on, right on. Ruth, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show, and I'm so glad we found Alpha Mania Adventures, a uh, fun, fun book series. Everybody, there's five in the series. You can get them on Amazon and all those places, but I would say go right to your website, alpha-mania.com, uh, because then you can really look at the program itself, get a better understanding as well. Uh, so again, alpha-mania.com is the place to go, and you can also go to Ruth. I'm sorry, RuthRumek.com or RumekResources.com as well. So she's got .coms everywhere. <laughs> she's global. There you go, Ruth. <laughs> Thanks again for Thank joining us. Thank you so much. It's you take my care pleasure. And have have a, good a wonderful day. afternoon. You too. Take care. of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.